Help me as I attempt to preach your word. And Lord, I, I don't uh, have a lot to say. Uh, your word, I know, can help everyone who's here tonight. Thank you for those who've come out on a Sunday night. Lord, I pray you'd bless them and help them. And help us as we open up your word and just take a few moments here to study your Bible. In your precious name I pray. Amen. Alright, well we're there in Joshua chapter number uh, 10. And if you remember last week, we were in Joshua chapter number 10 and we dealt with the majority of the chapter. And we talked about the great miracles that God did there for Joshua. And how uh, he fought for them and hailstone came down. And when they are fighting those battles, remember uh, the, the, the five kings there came against Joshua. Joshua was not picking up fight with them, they were picking a fight with him. And they came because they were upset that others had found peace with Joshua, that others had found uh, reliability with Joshua. They came up, remember, there was five against one. You remember that? And by the way, always remember... When we're battling in our Christian life, because remember, the book of Joshua is a picture of our Christian life. And it's a picture, as they conquer Canaan, uh, that's a picture of you and I as we conquer our own hearts. And, we, and we, when, when you get saved, you begin to go on a journey, and you've got battles you've got to fight, you've got enemies you've got, and just like Joshua was outnumbered, you and I are outnumbered every day. You know that? You say, you know, you know Joshua is fighting alone against these five kings. And every day, you got to get up. And you can feel outnumbered every day. Because, you know, every day, who are you fighting? Well, you're fighting the world. You're fighting the devil. You're fighting the flesh. Every day, you're outnumbered. But remember, Joshua, the difference is Joshua had God on his side. And uh, me, you know, we talked about it last week. Me plus God always equals a majority. And you know, God always equals a majority. You don't need me. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't need to help him, but when I'm on his side, hey, that's good. And we saw there all those passages and how Joshua called out and the sun stood still and that great miracle and all that great, very exciting chapter here in Joshua chapter number 10. And we read the entire chapter number 1 because it's always good to read the Bible. And that's just our custom around here. We always read the entire chapter so you can get it in its context. But really, I just want to focus in on one verse. But you, you have to read the chapter to get the context and to understand it. We're going to I'll come back to it here in a minute. But I want you to just focus on the very last verse of chapter 10. The Bible says in verse 43, And Joshua returned, and all Israel with him, unto the camp to Gilgal. Do you see that? Unto the camp to Gilgal. I, I know I say this every Sunday night. I sound like a broken record. I don't want to be very long tonight. And I really mean it this time. I actually do. Right? I know I've said that before and you, guys, it just goes, you think, oh, whatever. But this morning I preach a little longer than I usually like to. Alright? And uh, so I'm going to try to preach a little shorter than I usually like to. Okay? But uh, I, I, the concept I want to teach you tonight is not very long, but I want you to, I want you to get it and I want you to grasp it. The Bible says, let's read that verse again, verse 43, and Joshua returned, and all Israel with him, unto the camp, to Gilgal. Now, Gilgal was a city that the nation of Israel had kind of made their headquarters as they entered into the promised land. They took Gilgal, and they made that their camp, they made that their their home, that's where they're uh, uh, strategizing, and that's where they're going through Canaan as they're conquering the land. You always see them returning back to Gilgal, and Gilgal is not just a physical city, although it was a physical location, Gilgal, this place, represents something for the children of Israel. 
It's got a spiritual representation. I want to just show you a few things in regards to Gilgal tonight. Number one, I'd like you to know, Gilgal was a place of spiritual growth. Gilgal was a place of spiritual growth. Throughout the entire book of Joshua, we've seen them go to Gilgal, and camp in Gilgal, return to Gilgal. And if you notice, the first time we find the, the Gilgal mentioned in the book of Joshua, go, go back a few pages there in Joshua, and go to Joshua chapter number 4. Look at verse number 19. Joshua chapter number 4, and verse number 19 the Bible says in Joshua chapter 4 19, if you remember in chapter 4 uh, if you remember in the book of Joshua they were just to kind of give you the, the, the context and I'll try to go through it quickly, but if you remember the children of Israel were enslaved for 400 plus years in Egypt that is a picture of you and I when we were in bondage to this world when we were in bondage to the sin of this world and if you remember, God sent Moses, who's a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he brought liberation, and he brought freedom, and he brought them out of Egypt, just like Jesus Christ will bring freedom and will free you from the bondage of this world. And as they cross the Red Sea there, that's a picture of baptism. The Bible tells us in, in, in 1 Peter and in elsewhere, that as they cross the Red Sea, that's a picture of baptism. As they came out of the world, they were saved by their Savior, who was represented by Moses there. They crossed the Red Sea, and they, they, they were baptized there, you could say. But then they were in the wilderness. And if you remember when they were in the wilderness, because of their disobedience, because of their lack of faith, because of their unwillingness to do what God told them to do, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, accomplishing nothing for God, doing nothing for God. They were just roaming in the wilderness. And sadly, that's usually where most Christians live their entire Christian life. Just in the wilderness. Walking in circles, accomplishing nothing for God. But if you remember when Moses died, and Joshua took the reins, and a new generation took the reins, the children of Israel decided, you know what? We're tired of living in the wilderness. We're tired of living in the world. We're tired of accomplishing nothing. And what we're going to do is go ahead and cross that Jordan River, and we're going to walk into the promised land, and we're going to begin to live the victorious Christian life. And that's what the book of Joshua is all about. It, it's a picture of a Christian who decides, I'm tired of wandering. I'm tired of walking in circles. I'm tired of not accomplishing anything. I'm going to go into the promised land. God has a will for my life. God has a plan for my life. God has a certain location. He wants me to live. He wants me to go. He has battles. He wants me to win. And when the children of Israel decided that they were going to walk in the fullness of the Spirit, they, if you remember, uh, just like God parted the Red Sea for Moses, God parted the Jordan River for Joshua, the children of Israel walked through dry land, and they went into the Promised Land. Do you remember that story? Well, the first place they go... When they get into Canaan's land, if you look at verse 19, Joshua chapter 4, verse 19, the Bible says, And the people came up out of Jordan on the tenth day of the first month and encamped in Gilgal. Do you see that? And they encamped in Gilgal in the east border of Jericho. See, Gilgal was a place of spiritual growth. Gilgal does not necessarily represent salvation. 
Gilgal represents the place in your life. And by the way, it can be a local place, it can be a physical place, but really in our lives, it's just the place where you're at in life, where you decide, you know what, I'm going to begin to live for God. I'm going to begin to take steps to walk with God. I'm going to begin to do things. Gilgal is that representation of spiritual growth. Let me ask you a question, and you don't have to answer this out loud, but ask yourself, do you remember the place you were in life when you began to walk with God? When you began to decide, maybe you've never been to Gilgal. Maybe you've never made that decision. And do you remember where you were in life and and where God had brought you after you got saved? Do you remember when you got baptized? That's a great spiritual growth. The first step in obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ is to get baptized. One of the fondest memories I have in my life is getting baptized. I, I remember being baptized. And that's why we make a big deal about baptism. You know, when, when I was baptized and when my, my wife was baptized, when she was 17 years old, she got saved and she got baptized. You know, no one took a picture. No one gave her a certificate. It's just in our memories. But, you know, at Very Baptist Church, we make a big deal about baptism. We take a picture. We give you a certificate. We give you the picture. We want, why? Because it's a big spiritual step of growth that you're taking. And Gilgal represents that spiritual growth. Gilgal is the first place the children of Israel went to after they decided, you know what, let's go ahead and live in Canaan. Let's go. And you know, some of you are here tonight and you've got decisions, you've got, and some of you have been playing with these thoughts in your head and you've been thinking, maybe I should start reading the Bible on a regular basis. Maybe I should start developing a prayer life. Maybe I should try that whole tithing thing. Maybe I should try that whole soul winning thing pastor's always talking about. Maybe I should get baptized, or maybe I should do this, or maybe I should do that. And you're kind of toying with that idea. Should I step over the Jordan and begin to live? I I got saved, and I've been in the wilderness for a while. But maybe I'm going to step, maybe I should, and look, let me tell you something. When you decide to take that step and say, I'm going to begin to live for God. I'm not just going to be saved, and praise God, if you're saved, they praise the Lord for it. But when you say, I'm not just going to be saved, I'm going to walk with God, and I'm going to go on this journey that God has for me. Hey, that place is spiritually called yoga. Some of you may remember that place. You may remember that first time when you decided, when you started growing in your Christian walk. When you started learning the Bible, you started coming to church, you started making those decisions. Hey, that's Gilgal. That's what Gilgal represented. When they crossed that Jordan River, and they got to Gilgal, and they settled down there, Gilgal represented for them victory, it represented for them spiritual growth, it represented strength. Not only that, Gilgal is a place where they place memorials. Look at verse 20. Well, look at verse 19 again. And the people came up out of Jordan on the tenth day of the first month, and encamped in Gilgal, on the east of the border of Jordan, verse 20, and those twelve stones, because remember, they took twelve stones out of the out of the Jordan River there, when God parted it for them, and those twelve stones, which they took out of the Jordan, did Joshua pitch where? In Gilgal. Do you see that? So Gilgal was not just a place of spiritual growth, Gilgal was a place of memorials. Gilgal was a place where they made memories. Gilgal might have been the, the, you know, maybe the first time you read nine chapters a day. Maybe the first time you read through the whole New Testament. Maybe the first time you read through the entire Bible cover to cover. You ever had, you ever, man, if you've never read the Bible cover to cover, let me encourage you. There is something about when you read that last verse in the book of Revelation and you close your Bible and you step into that, uh, you know, you step into that Gilgal and say, wow, I, I have now read every verse in the Bible. There's something about that, bro. It's a good place. 
It's a good memory. And for the children of Israel, this place was Gilgal. This is a place where they set a memorial. This is a place where they said, every time we come to Gilgal, and every time we see these stones, and every time we, we, we look at this altar that we've set up, we will know that we, had, that we had a relationship with God and that God was with us. This is what Gilgal represented. Gilgal was a place of spiritual growth. But not only was Gilgal a place of spiritual growth, Gilgal was a, sp- a place of spiritual commitment. Not only was Gilgal where they got right with God, not only was Gilgal where they learned about God and they understood God, but Gilgal was where they committed to God. Go to Joshua chapter 5, real quickly. Joshua chapter 5. Joshua chapter 5, look at verse 9. In Joshua chapter number 5 and verse 9. The Bible says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off you. Now we've preached through all this, so I'm not going to take the time and develop all this. But you remember, when the children of Israel were walking in the wilderness, none of them, now they were Jews, and none of them had been circumcised. you remember that? And God said, hey, you need to go through and circumcise the people. Because circumcision is a representation of separation. When they were circumcised, then they were now different from the rest of the people around them. And when they were circumcised, God said to them, well, look at verse 8. And it came to pass, when they had done circumcising all the people, that they abode in their places in the camp, till they were whole. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off you, wherefore the name of the place is called Gilgal. Do you see that? Unto this day. Not only was Gilgal the place where they first went when they began to walk with God, not only was Gilgal the place that they had established a memorial and they had established memories and they had established a place where every time they went there and every time they saw that, they knew that God was with them and they knew that God was helping them and they knew that God was their God. But Gilgal was the place where they got separated from their sin. And Gilgal was the place where the Bible says after, after 40 plus years, God finally looked at them and He said, Now... I've rolled away the reproach of, of Egypt. And where did God do that? In Gilgal. This was a place of spiritual commitment. Some of you may remember when God finally helped you to quit certain bad habits. Some of you may remember when you got saved, you said, yeah, I was struggling with this, and I was struggling with that, and I had this, and, and God helped you with that, and the Holy Spirit worked on you, and the Word of God worked on you, and the church people helped you and, and, and encouraged you, and you said, I got victory on that, and, and you remember that with fondness. Guess what? That's Gilgal. And by the way, there's many more Gilgals ahead of you. There's many more victories ahead of you. And saying, you may be struggling with things right now. Hey, if you get that sin rolled away from you, you'll have that memory and you'll spiritually be in Gilgal. Because Gilgal represented spiritual growth, but Gilgal represented spiritual commitment. Look at verse 10. We read verse 9 again. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off you. Wherefore the name of the place is called Gilgal unto this day. Verse 10. And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover. Now I don't have time to go through it. But do you remember the Passover was something they were supposed to do every year? And they were supposed to sacrifice the lamb. They were supposed to take, make unleavened bread. They were supposed to take the blood and sprinkle it and do all sorts of things. This was a religious thing that they did every year. And when they entered, now they've done it in Egypt. But when they entered into the promised land, the first time they observed the Passover, it was at this place called Gilgal. And they committed themselves every year 
at the same time, in the same place, we're going to do the Passover. Look at verse 10. And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month and even in the plains of Jericho. Gilgal was a place of spiritual commitment. See, Gilgal is a place in your spiritual life. When you finally cross that line, you know, you start coming to church and you come here and there and I and praise the Lord for that. I'm thankful anybody comes to church. You know what I mean? But you can tell when someone makes that decision. They don't even have to tell you. You can just tell. They make that decision and they decide, I'm going to be one of those uh, Lee Roberts and a great preacher of the past. He used to say, three to thrive. He said, you need three to thrive. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. If you're going to thrive spiritually, three services a week, three to thrive. Sunday morning, that's what he used to say. Great preacher of the past. Three to thrive. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And you can, you know, when you get to that place where you say, you know what, I think I'm going to go ahead and cross that line. And get real fanatic about this thing. My family's going to think I'm going to cult. <laughs> My family's going to think they're going to call me a Bible thumper and they're going to call me a weird. But I'm going to go ahead and cross that line. And I think I'm going to show up to church on Sunday night. You know what that's called? Yoga. When you commit to God. When you, when you, maybe you read nine chapters a day, but then you decide, you know what, I think I'm going to go ahead and read the, the rest of the Old Testament. I'm going to read my Bible every day, and I'm going to pray every day. I'm going to go say, whatever those commitments are that you make to God, when you make those commitments, that was Gilgal for these people. At Gilgal is where they found, you know, their, their, their first place when they began to grow. And at Gilgal is where God rolled away their sin. And at Gilgal is where they began to make commitments. And they said, not only are we going to live in Gilgal now, but every year at Passover time, we're just going to go ahead and do it right here. Gilgal. Gilgal is a place of spiritual commitment. We said, number one, Gilgal was a place of spiritual growth. Number two, Gilgal was a place of spiritual commitment. Number three, I'd like you to see. Man, we're going fast. I'm almost done. I told you we are going to be short tonight. Number three, Gilgal was a place of spiritual strength. Go to Joshua chapter 9, look at verse 6. Joshua chapter 9 and verse 6. Joshua chapter number 9 and verse 6. The Bible says, And they went to Joshua unto the camp at Gilgal and said unto him, to the men of it and to the men of Israel, we come from a far country. Remember the story: the Gibeonites came with their uh, wiles. Remember, they came; they did work wilily and they deceived. Remember, who do the Gibeonites represent? The devil in the story. Remember, they came and they deceived the children of Israel. They lied to them and they tricked them into into doing things that God did not want them to do. Just like the devil, he's a deceiver. He is a liar and the father of it. Is what the Bible says. The Bible tells us we stand against the wiles of the devil. And, and the children of Israel here in Gilgal came, look at verse 6 again. I'm sorry, verse, uh, what did I say? Nine, yeah, 9-6. Nine, and they went to Joshua into the camp at Gilgal. Where did they go, Gilgal? When the Gibeonites, the enemy, wanted to work wildly and wanted to work deceptionally and wanted to ensnare or trap or deceive the children of Israel. Notice, they didn't go to Jericho when they were at Jericho. They didn't go to Ai when they were at Ai. They went to Gilgal when they were at Gilgal. You know why? Because when you get to Gilgal and you start growing and you say, you know what, I'm, gonna, I, I'm glad I'm saved. Praise the Lord that I'm saved. But I think I'm actually going to start this whole thing about walking with God. I think I'm going to try that. And you step into Gilgal when you begin to grow spiritually and you begin to set memorials and you begin to do things that remind you and memories that remind you that you are serving God, when you begin to get the sin out of your life, when you begin to grow, guess what's going to happen? When you're in that place of Gilgal, the devil's going to attack you. 
Because it's a place of strength. And he doesn't want you there. He doesn't want you in Gilgal. Let me tell you something. You, you're going to have every Wednesday night and every Sunday night, you, you, you'll be bored your entire life thinking, what could I do? You start coming to church, all of a sudden, everybody wants to come over on Sunday night. So all of a sudden, everybody's calling you. Everybody has an emergency on a Sunday night or on a Wednesday night or on a Sunday morning. You know, it used to be on Sunday mornings. You slept in all day, did nothing all day, had nothing to do. You, you decide, I want to go to church. Everybody's calling you. Hey, I got a flat tire. Can you come help me? What is that? The devil? Because he doesn't want you in Gilgal. He doesn't want you in a place of spiritual strength. You understand what I'm saying? Gilgal represented this. When they were in Gilgal, they were safe. When they were in Gilgal, they were where God wanted them. But the devil came. The wily uh, coyote came. Remember we were talking about that? The, the Gibeonites came, and they attacked them where? At Gilgal. Because when you get to Gilgal, that's when God will attack you. That's when the devil will attack you. Gilgal was a place of spiritual strength. But I want you to notice, though, look at chapter 10, verse 6. Here's what's very interesting. And the men of Gibeon sent unto Joshua to the camp to Gilgal. Did you see that? The men of Gibeon sent unto Joshua to the camp to Gilgal, saying, so what are they saying to Joshua and Gilgal? Slack not thy hand from thy servants. Come up to us quickly and save us and help us. Do you see that? For all the kings of the Amorites dwell in the mountains are gathered together against us. So, here you got the Gibeonites. Now they're under attack and they need help. They need someone to save them. And they send a message to Joshua who's where? Gilgal. Look at verse 7. So Joshua ascended from Gilgal. He and all the people of war with him, and all the mighty men of valor. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear them not, for I have delivered them into thine hand. There shall not a man of them stand before thee. Let me tell you something. When you get to Gilgal, let me just explain something to you about the Christian life. When you first start out in this Christian life, the Bible says you get born again. You, the Bible tells us you are a spiritual baby. I'm not trying to offend you calling you a baby and all, you know. But spiritually, we all begin as spiritual babies. And what's supposed to happen is like a physical baby, you need a lot of help. You need someone to care for you, and someone to nurture you, and someone to guide you, and someone to feed you, and and sometimes even someone to change that dirty diaper every once in a while. (laughs) Get rid of that spin. But what begins, what should begin to happen is you begin to grow and mature. And guess what eventually happens? You get to Gilgal, and now you get to help others. That's how it should go. Now the sad part is that most Christians live their life as a spiritual baby. Because you don't grow spiritually like you grow physically just allowing time to go by. You grow spiritually by getting in the Word and getting in the Bible and getting to walk with God. That's how you grow spiritually. By the way, that's why the Bible says, uh, that's why Paul told Timothy, a young preacher, he said, let no man despise thy youth. But be thou an example of the believer. Because being a young person physically doesn't mean you can't be mature spiritually. And let me just say this. Being old physically doesn't mean you're spiritually mature. Okay? How much time you spend with God and how much time you spend in the Bible is what determines how spiritually mature you are. But when they were in Gilgal, here's what you got to understand. When the children of Israel were in Gilgal, they were in a position to help others. When you live in Gilgal... When you're walking with God, when you're serving God, when you're growing spiritually, when you're committing spiritually to the things of God, when you begin, you you get to that spiritual strength at Gilgal, and you know what happens? You now begin to be a blessing to others. And before, when you needed help, now you can help others. 
Paul says that we are to commit the things, he said, the things that thou hast heard of me, commit thou also to faithful men, that they may be able to teach others also. That's our job. We teach you so that you can grow and teach others also. You know what I'm looking forward to one day? Is when this little church we started two years ago in a living room. One day when this church, and it's been growing, and when it continues to grow and get stronger, you know, I'm looking forward to one day when young people from this congregation grow up to be adults, and we send them out to start other churches. You say, well, right now, Pastor, we're not very strong. We may not be. Financially, we don't really have a lot of power. We don't. And we don't have manpower. We don't have a lot of manpower. That's true right now. But one day, we're we're just journeying toward Gilgal. One day, we're going to be at Gilgal, we're going to be able to help others. We're going to be able to be a blessing to others. We're going to be able to serve others and start other churches and send missionaries off and do a lot of stuff. Why? Because when you're in Kilgal, you're at a place of strength. Spiritual. We said, number one, Gilgal was a place of spiritual growth. Number two, Gilgal was a place of spiritual commitment. Number three, Gilgal was a place of spiritual strength. That was the entire sermon. Here's the conclusion. But really, that was all introduction. I said all that to say this. Here's, Here's the sermon. Isn't that weird? <laughs> I told you. I, how long is it? 24 minutes. Good night. I told you. We're, we're doing good. Gilgal is a good place. But here's what you got to understand. Gilgal is a place you must return to on a regular basis. Look at Joshua chapter 10. Look at verse number 15. And Joshua returned, and all Israel with him, unto the camp to Gilgal. Look at verse 43. Well, actually, look at verse 42. And all these kings and their lands did Joshua take at one time, because the Lord God of Israel fought for Israel. And Joshua returned, and all Israel with him, unto the camp, to Gilgal. Joshua, in good times and bad times, would constantly return to Gilgal. Let me ask you a question. Have you been to Gilgal lately? say, well, Pastor, I'm saved. Okay, good. I've read my Bible before, but are you reading it now? I was consistent to church before, but are you consistent now? I loved God before, but do you love Him now? Keep your finger there in Joshua 10, but go to Revelation real quickly. We're almost done. I think. I don't know. (laughs) Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2, look at verse 1. I just want you to, I, I, I hope... Sometimes I, you know, I, I want to teach this and I want you to get this concept, but I, I really want you to grasp it. Say, Pastor, are you saying we got to go to Gilgal? No, I'm saying spiritually, there ought to be a Gilgal in your life. There ought to be a place of growth and a place of strength and a place where you can minister to others and a place where you can love others. Are you there in Revelation chapter 2? I want you to notice this. Revelation chapter 2. should be fairly easy to find. Last chapter in the, in the New Testament. Revelation chapter 2. Look at verse 1. We have the Lord Jesus Christ here. He's speaking to a specific church, the church of Ephesus. Look what he says. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. This is Jesus Christ. If you have a red letter edition Bible, these words should be in red, because he's, he's about to stalk here. Verse 2. Notice what he says. This is Jesus speaking to a church. He says, I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars. He says, hey, I know your works. I know your labor. He says, Church of Ephesus, I know you. You guys are a good church. He says, I know that you love the truth. I know that apostles have came into your congregation and they were liars. They were false prophets. And you found them out and you didn't get tricked by them. He said, I know you 
you, I know you're a good church, look at verse 3, and has borne, and has patience, and for my name's sake, has labored, and has not fainted. He said, I know you're working, I know you're out there soul winning, I know you're trying to accomplish a lot. In verse 4 though, he says, nevertheless. He said, I have someone against me. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never like, I've never want Jesus Christ to say about me, you know, I've got something against you. <laughs> There's something about you that I just don't like. Do you ever want to hear Jesus say that about you? you ever want Jesus to say that about your church? This is what he was saying about the church at Ephesus. He said, nevertheless, I have someone against thee. What did he have against him? Look what he says. Because thou hast left yoga. Is that what it says? Because thou hast left thy first love. Do you see that? See, a lot of times when you get saved, you get excited. And you get saved and you start growing a little bit. You start understanding a little bit. And you start getting to know Gilgal. And you camp in Gilgal. And you start learning in Gilgal. And you start making those decisions. And you got baptized. And you started reading the Bible. And you started coming to church. And you tried that soul winning thing. And you started growing. And and God started working in your life. And He started helping you. And maybe you got attacked a little bit. Or maybe you got distracted a little bit. Or maybe you started doing other things. And you know what happens is this. We start off with a love for God. And we say, man, I love God. getting a little old. It just starts getting a little tired. And, you, and, and it's not as exciting as it used to be. God says, you know what your problem is? You left your first love. He said, you used to love Sunday night church. Now we can barely get you to show up. But you used to love reading the Bible. Now you haven't picked it up in weeks. He says, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles or not and hast found them liars and hast borne and hast patience and for my name's sake hast labored and hast not painted nevertheless I have someone against thee because thou hast left thy first love so what do I do? look at verse 5 remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent and do the first works Jesus said you've left your first love and you say well what am I supposed to do? God says go back to it you know what God is saying to the church at Ephesus? That place where you used to grow, and that place that you used to love, and that place where I became real to you, and that place where you made decisions, and you committed to me, and you were growing, and we were succeeding, that place, you left Gilgal. And you got to understand, in your Christian life, if you're going to be successful, every once in a while, you just got to get back to Gilgal. Every once in a while, you just got to get back to that first love, to that first, that how it was. You know, it's that honeymoon stage. Bye. Get back to it. He says, Because thou hast left thy first love, remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent. And do the first works, or else, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. God says, Will you get back to your first love? Here's a question I have for you. Have you been to Gilgal lately? Are you letting it wean? Are you letting it get old? I was telling, I was telling somebody this afternoon. No, the the hardest part, I think, of being a pastor, what I, com- what, what I completely, I mean, I love a lot of things about being a pastor, and I love a lot uh, about just getting to uh, minister to people and love people and care about people. But you know what I hate the most? What I just, is is, is a part of ministry that if I could just get it out of, out of if I, I just never deal with it, I would. What I can't stand is when you watch people who loved God and loved His Word and they were growing, and then something happened, and usually you don't know what happened, and they just begin to 
and wean away. You know, they were out soul winning on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night and they were there and they were faithful and now they start missing a little bit. And then you don't, you don't really see them as much and they, you, they don't stick around as long and, and they, they just seem, their attitude has changed and their heart has changed and usually it's a problem with their heart. And you just kind of sit back and you wish, man, I wish that they'd get back to Gilgal. The Gilgal was great. Gilgal was fun. Gilgal, we, we were working together and loving. And, and you watch people and sometimes you, you see them get a hold of God again and they get back to it and praise the Lord for it. But sometimes they just fade away. And like Paul says, they become a castaway. I'm trying to warn you. Don't be a castaway. What do I do? Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen. What do I do? You need to get back to Gilgal. See, what you've got to understand, go to 1 Samuel. We're almost done. I know I keep saying that, but we actually are almost done. We're, all, we're more done now than we were five minutes ago. <laughs> 1 Samuel chapter 11. 1 Samuel chapter 11. The worst part is that a lot of times as a pastor, you, you see people start to wean. And look, I can write you as many notes, and I can send you as many $5 gift cards, and I can send my wife with as many cookies as I can think. But a lot of times, people just got to get right in their hearts. It's a problem. 1 Samuel chapter number 11, look at verse 14. The Bible says, Then said Samuel to the people, Come, and let us go to Gilgal. Do you see that? Why are they going to Gilgal? To renew the kingdom there. See, the Gilgal is not just a place of spiritual growth. And Gilgal is not just a place of spiritual commitment. Gilgal is not just a place of spiritual strength. Gilgal is also a place of spiritual renewal. Can we look at two more verses? Let's, let's look at two more verses and we'll be done. Go, go to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. Let me tell you something. Every once in a while in your spiritual life, and I'm not, I'm not picking on you, every, all of us get discouraged. All of us get tired. All of us get a little uh, too far from the things of God every once in a while. And the Bible says in Isaiah chapter number 40, look at verse number 31. Isaiah 40, 31, the Bible says, But they that wait upon the Lord. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord. Notice what it says. Shall renew. Do you see that? Their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I'll tell you one more verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. Look at verse 16. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. 2 Corinthians 4, 16. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 16. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish. You ever feel like that? Honestly, you ever feel like that? You ever just wake up and think, why am I doing this? <laughs> My outward man feels like he's perishing. My outward man is discouraged. My outward man is depressed. My outward man doesn't want to go to church today. My outward man doesn't want to read the Bible today. My outward man doesn't want to praise God today. My outward man doesn't want to do anything today. My outward man feels like he's in trouble. Look what the Bible says. For which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. See, the truth of the matter is this. If you go weeks and months and years with never getting back to Gilgal, your outward man is just going to perish. The only way to survive spiritually is daily, day by day, you've got to get back to that place of that first love. 
get back to that place of Gilgal. Get back to that place where God was real to you, where God, where you knew God was with you, where you knew God was working on you, where you were making decisions and growing. That Gilgal. See, here's what's interesting about Joshua. Can we just go back to Joshua and, and, and we'll be done? Joshua chapter 10. Here's what's interesting about Joshua. Joshua, in, in Joshua 10, you get this this chapter and it's just a success after success. I mean, I, I don't want to go, I don't want to spend a lot of time, but, but I, I, you know, we read the entire chapter and you see... Uh, look at verse 8. That, uh, the middle part of verse 8, it says, For I have delivered them into thine hand. That's what God said to them. Um, we saw that the, the God um, brought down stones and killed the people. We saw that God stopped the sun uh, and he stopped the moon for the children of Israel. Verse 14, There was no day like, the, like that before it or after it that the Lord hearkened unto the voice of a man. The Bible says in verse 16, But these five kings fled and hid themselves in the, case of, in the cave of Makeda. Five kings are running from one man and his army Joshua look at verse 25 and Joshua said unto them fear not nor be this way be strong and of a good courage for thus shall the Lord do to all your enemies against whom ye fight look at verse 25 and that day Joshua took Makina look at verse 30 and the Lord delivered it also and the king thereof look at verse 32 and the Lord delivered Lachish into the hand of Israel look at verse 33 and Horam king of Gezer came up to help Lachish and Joshua smote him and his people until he had left them remaining look verse 35, and they took it on that day, and smote it, look at verse 37, and they took it, and smote it with the edge of the sword, look at verse 39, and he took it, and the king thereof, and all the cities thereof, I mean, Joshua's having great success, look at verse 41, and Joshua smote them from Kadesh Barnea, even unto Gaza, and all the country of Goshen, even unto Gibeon, and all the kings of their land did Joshua take at one time, because the Lord God Israel fought for Israel, let me tell you something, the time that you need to get the guilt out the most is not when things are going bad. Because you know, we have a tendency, when things are going bad, we have a tendency of running back to Gilgal. But you know when we forget about God? When everything's going good. Joshua's having success after success after success. I mean, everything he touched was turning into gold. Every battle he fought, he didn't even take these fights. They came against him, and he would smoke them, and he would beat them. They were winning, they were growing. And let me tell you something, when your health is good, and your job is good, and your kids are good, and your marriage is good, and everything's going good, you better get back to Gilgal. That's when we forget about God. Start being successful. We start thinking, well, I don't, do we really hate all that God stuff? Joshua understood, verse 43. He won all those battles, but he said, you know what, guys? Let's get back to Gilgal. And Joshua returned, and all Israel with him, unto the camp at Gilgal. I'm just trying to encourage you tonight. Maybe it's time for you to get back to Gilgal. Get back to that place of your first love. Let's pray this in that word of prayer. Dearly Father, Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for our church. Lord, thank you for the Bible. And Lord, I, I, I love when you preach through the books of the Bible. Because nobody can say, well, you're preaching that because I'm preaching that because we were in Joshua chapter 10 last week and we're finishing Joshua chapter 10 this week. And guess what? Next week we'll be in Joshua chapter 11. And we know that you time things for us. And Lord, I love studying the Bible. I pray you'd help us to be encouraged. Lord, help us to remember that every once in a while we have to renew our spiritual man. We just got to get back to that place of yoga. Father, we love you. In your precious name I pray.